What's the I, word, fella? Um, my speaker just like ceased working for a split second, but I got it to work again. So well, that kind of sucks. I honestly, that's my favorite part of the episode. Every time is is the big dog's uh, entrance coming out, but whatever. Well, no Ryan this week. Uh, Ryan is on. Ryan is moving and is on vacation in Texas. I don't know why. I don't know why he keeps moving to different states. Well, I, th- I think he's on like a like a uh, a quest to like live in all fifty states by the time he's thirty. Hey, you know what? That's not bad. It's not bad. He's off to a good start. He is. Um, I also I feel like with the recent NHL trade that just happened, I swear we've gone into a time machine and gone back to twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah, because James Neal just got traded for Milan Lucic, and if this was if this was 2011, oh boy, this would be headline news for weeks, weeks on end. Uh, you know what's funny? What? Uh, this is now James Neal's fourth team in four different years. Yeah, because he what? Penguins, Predators. Uh... No, it was Predators, Golden Knights, Flames, and now Oilers. Oh yeah. yeah. He's very, he's very much the Ryan of the NHL. He just, like, keeps switching teams. Yes. yes. He's going to play for all te- <laughs> every team by the time he's done his career. I, I, I saw it was some people were like, why are the Oilers and Flames trading each other? They're bitter rivals. Um, first of all, the Battle of Alberta hasn't been relevant since the fucking 80s, people. Let's, let's be fucking honest here. Yeah. It, like, it's, it just hasn't. Both teams have been... I mean, the Flames are good. The Oilers are... Decent? Not. <laughs> decent? I'll so, give them decent. They have McDavid, so. It's, so, they they traded a guy that scored 19 points last year for a guy that scored 20 points last year. And was a healthy scratch in the playoffs, wasn't he? Right. So, and yeah, they're rivals, I guess. I mean, But, like, just, this isn't really, like, a blockbuster thing, so, like, who really cares? Is it, is it contract? They probably just both wanted to add depth. Where's... I think... Because I think... Um... Didn't Edmonton, like, retain some of Lucic's salary? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I think... What was the tweet that you sent us yesterday? Oh, it was, um... Let me try to find it. No, I got it. It was, uh... It was a YouTuber's, one of my favorite YouTube channels, Twitter account. It was a urinating tree. So he said, to Edmonton, terrible contract for a guy who fell off a cliff production-wise. To Calgary, to Calgary, terrible contract for a guy who fell off production-wise. <laughs> Lucci for Neil. What a deal. Jim Neal. I mean, yeah, because they're both, how old is, how old are they? Because I think Neil's what in his mid thirties. Luke Cheech is thirty one. James oh, Neal is young? also thirty one. Shit! Oh, I thought they were older than that. That's on me. I mean, thirty one. You don't expect to fall off a cliff. You expected at like thirty four, thirty five. Yeah, I like he had really. Uh, I'm talking about James Neal. At least he had really good years with the Pittsburgh. He had an eighty one point season in uh twenty twenty eleven twenty twelve. Hence. Time machine. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, 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 uh. Yeah, he scored 40 goals that year. Yeah, he was a fucking thorn in our side. Flyers still beat him in the playoffs. Um. 
yeah, Who, I, so who's going to be the designated McDavid protector now? Because like, Lucic and and Maroon are both are no longer on the Oilers. Who's it going to be? Fucking, uh, they got they got some defensemen, maybe. I don't know. Drysaddle Drysaddle's going to protect him. Drysaddle's dry he doesn't really strike me as that kind of person. That's my point. I like I don't know. And doesn't <laughs> McDavid's big boy contract kick in this year? I think so. Yeah. Was he getting twelve? I couldn't tell you. I think yeah, I think he's getting twelve. He's getting twelve million a year. Something just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I. That was that's the big NHL news. I mean, if you could call it big NHL news, their names. Everybody know. Everybody in the hockey world knows James Neal knows Lucic, but I haven't really heard from him on the ice for the last. We got a long ass way to go before uh, legit hockey starts up again. So, it is July. Yep. So, um, in other big news, that's just very exciting for all of us. Is college football is what thirty six days away? Thirty five now. It's exact. Oh, it's exactly my. five more weeks till week oh, zero. My God, I'm ready for that. Uh, you had something. What is this? What is this? Central Florida quarterback situation. What okay, is... so so you you know Mackenzie Milton, right? Yeah. He was like the catalyst of this twenty-five game win streak that they went on the back-to-back undefeated regular seasons. Um, the regular season finale last year against South Florida, uh, I can't remember who it was that hit him, but he went low and he dislocated his knee basically, and it was really really bad injury. Yeah, I remember that. So. You know, this was a heartbreaking thing that happened to them. Um, So I was curious about where he was health-wise. So I found an article on ESPN that was written by Milton, actually. It was like a Players' Tribune type thing. Like, that was how it um, styled, like he wrote it in the first person. Yeah, I mean, mean, he can't can't technically write for the Players' Tribune because he's a student athlete. Oh, is that how that works? That's exactly how that works. I'm pretty sure because you're a student athlete, and the NCAA owns your name, so you can't uh, oh, do that. That's interesting, actually. Because of the likeness thing. Anyway, um, so as it turns out, he actually got off fairly lucky, all things considering. Usually, when you have a, a, a dislocated knee like that, your your LCL, MCL, ACL, and PCL. I think it's the other one, right? Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know my CLs. Uh, normally when that happens, you, you tear all four of them. He only tore two of them. I can't remember which ones they were. Uh, that and the nerves in his leg, uh, were they were only stretched. They didn't tear completely. If they tore completely, then he would have lost feeling in that leg forever. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the the joints or whatever. Mm-hmm. That I mean, those can be repaired, but the nerves, the nerves is, was the big issue uh so yeah he's and, but by the way this was written in april i haven't seen a more recent uh thing but he's he's calling it for this year he's not going to come back he won't be back till 2020 but he's slowly kind of working his way back into the other uh, action so here's the work and it's interesting here's where the plot thickens his backup was a true freshman last year his name was daryl mack uh, the American Athletic Championship game, he played very, very well. He was 19-27, 
348 yards, two touchdowns. Now, he did fumble three times, and he lost two of them. But he brought them back. They were down 24-7 at the end of the first quarter, and they he brought them back and won. He goes on and plays in the, uh, what was it, the Fiesta Bowl against LSU. Uh, not as good. He was 11 for 30, 97 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. And he lost the fumble. So, um, Boys but like I said, here's a, it was weird because I was shocked when I looked at his stats from this game that they were that bad because UCF scored 32 points. Now, I, I know they had a pick, set, pick six in the first quarter, but... I mean, Still. LSU. I mean, LSU's got a great defense, but their offense is shit, or was well, shit. Well, they weren't because Burrow had almost 400 yards passing that game. That's neither here nor there. The thing that was interesting to me was, what's I I, I like this Daryl Mack kid. I think he's really good. So the interesting thing was now that Milton is out next year, this kid is not going to be a true sophomore, and if he plays well, it's going to be kind of. It's this is going to be an interesting situation. This is going to be your classic Foles Wentz situation. What are you going to do in twenty twenty? If you have a guy that played well for you last year, or do you go back to the guy that is coming back from injury, but that was your guy in the uh, that he was your catalyst. He was like a Heisman candidate. That's all a moot point now because hey, guess what? Daryl Mack broke his ankle. <laughs> so now, so now he's he's probably not going to. Well, here, here's the thing. I don't know what is going to happen to him because... When did he break his ankle? July 10th, I think. So, it, the, fact, the fact that he broke it this far before the, um, the season means if he wanted to, he probably could play this season. I don't think he's going to. If I were him, I think I would just say fuck it and redshirt. Um, so, the quarterback that's going to start for UCF now is that guy Brandon Wimbush that started for Notre Dame last year. Yeah. Before he got benched for uh, Ian Book. Yeah. So now I think it's kind of like a... I don't think there's really... Because uh, Wimbush is a senior this year, so he's just going to play this year and then that's it. I think now in 2020, if he can prove that he's viable, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer they're going to go back to Mackenzie Milton. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. And they got a... They gotta, let me look at their schedule. I think they play Stanford at home week three. UCF plays Stanford. Yeah. So it, it'll be really, really interesting. And they got to play at Cincinnati at some point also. And at Pitt. Uh, and at Temple. So um, I don't know if they're going to... I think this regular season winning streak might be coming to an end this year, unfortunately. Because I, I was on the... I was full on the bandwagon for UCF. Uh, oh, yeah. Past couple of years. I like it when these, like, these smaller schools prove that they can play with the big boys, so... I mean, uh, it'll be, they'll still be they'll be a competitive team. They'll be in the rankings for sure. I um, mean, uh, they yeah. already have they already have them. I'm pretty sure because what was the website? Uh, Athlon Sports is that it? Yeah. Do you they not have, still have it up in front of you? No, I got it up. Okay. They have. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they have UCF preseason ranked or pre preseason rank at 22. Okay. So. I mean, let's let's be honest. Pitt, pretty irrelevant. Temple, meh. You say that, but Pitt somehow was in the ACC championship game last year. Yes, because they won by default. Pretty much, yeah. Like, come on. And then uh, whoever the hell picked Pitt to upset Clemson, I know they did it, what, two years ago? Um, 
Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah, it was the year that it was the year Clemson won the national championship. Actually, that Pitt won. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, but you know, it's it's the ACC championship game, and Dabo's not gonna be like, uh, yeah, we're prepared for Pitt, and they kicked the shit out of them. As did, as Clemson did to Notre Dame and uh, Alabama. So. Uh yeah. Yeah what? That's my uh no I'm saying that's that's uh that's how that how it all went down. Clemson there was nobody else gonna stop Clemson last year, but that's my yeah. UCF spiel. Yeah. No. It'll be uh yeah I'm looking. God I mean God damn I'm just really looking forward to college football. Um, All right, you want your ranking now? Yeah, what do we got? All right, so UCF is the Knights. So we're going to full, a full-on Knights ranking here. Okay. All right, so uh, here, I'll write these down for you on the on the Google Doc. Okay. So from five to one, the UCF Knights, the Army Black Knights, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, <laughs> The West High Knights, uh, East High's uh, rival basketball team in High School Musical. Okay. And then the Los Angeles Knights, the fictional NBA team from uh, that Bow Wow movie, like oh, Mike. God. Five. <laughs> Calvin oh. Cambridge. God, yeah. I remember watching that movie as a kid. Um, yeah, simply because basketball... Uh, yeah, L.A. Knights 5. Um, <laughs> because Rutgers is just so irrelevant. They have to be 4. They just, I'm sorry. I know they. I know it's the birthplace of college football, quote-unquote, but I'm sorry. You've been shit for, what, over a decade now? I mean, since... Pretty much since uh, Ray Rice left... I mean, like, they've had some good years. Like, nothing, like, special, but... Yeah, no, I... You can have they won eight games in 2014. You can you can have a winning record and still be pretty irrelevant. Well, yeah, that's all I'm... No, they haven't been relevant, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. So, that's going to be for West High Knights, uh, which I completely forgot because I was not a big high school musical guy. Definitely wasn't. Uh, so, they're three... Army, see, this is this is where it gets tough. Army two and UCF one, simply because uh, every t the Army Navy game every year, I always root for Navy because I had three uncles in the Navy, so mm -hmm. can't put can't put Army one, just can't do that. How do you how do you have West High at three? They were the bad guys. Because Rutgers is that bad. Yeah, yeah, but with the L.A. Knights. Yeah, they were the good guys in that movie. They're basketball. They're I basketball in High School Musical also. Yeah, but it's not a basketball movie. It most certainly, it at least is a half basketball movie. Yeah, I'd give it 20% max. Oh, pfft. You have musical in your name. So what, you just don't like Troy Bolton? I... Is that his, what I said? His, great, those, his those greatest words, nemesis. Did those words come out of my mouth? His greatest nemesis. You're going to have them ranked third. Did those words come out of my mouth? Yeah, it's what I'm hearing. That's just not what I said. That's what I'm hearing. 
It's not. It's just not what I said. So don't put words in my mouth. I don't know. I think. I think. Oof. All right. Do you? Everybody. It's your ranking. I'm Andrew, just a facilitator. Andrew, everybody loves a good rifle. Come on now. Um. Speaking of college football, did you? Have you? Do you watch Last Chance? You? Uh, I watched the first two seasons and then I, I stopped. Once I they would, left uh, East Mississippi, then I stopped. I would say definitely go watch the next two because the head coach for Indy, I mean, I like him. But, I mean, he got – did you see why he got fired? Yeah, didn't he call somebody a Nazi or something? No, he said – he, he said he was Hitler or whatever? He said it was a German because I just finished the season last night. It was It was a – he had a German kid. Straight out of Germany, came, recruited him to come play, and he said something like, uh, quote, in a text, uh, quote, I am your new Hitler. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, it was not a good look. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously you can't say that, but one, I mean, one bad text does not make a bad coach or just a bad person i mean he's the guy's straight out of compton california so guy had a guy had a rough upbringing apparently yeah i mean i get it moving on to my next question that was brought up to me who is the most relevant conference in college football most i mean it would have to be the sec relevant relevant in college football is that's a tough. That's a tough thing. Because I, I don't think you're going to find a conference that has a better one-two than Alabama, Georgia. Right, but that we're. That's... I think the Big Ten is probably closest with your Ohio State and Michigan, but even then, it's just it's not the same level. At, I mean, do you think point. do you think Ohio State or Michigan can beat Alabama or Georgia? On a neutral field, I wouldn't. I would pick the SEC teams against them right now. Even, I think even if they went to the big house of the shoe, I think that I don't I don't know that Ohio State or Michigan wins. It's a, it's kind of hard to say because like those two teams, I'm talking about Alabama and Georgia. They never play up north, like they've just never had to. If they were to schedule that game, it would be Week One when it's hot. Right. Yeah. Well, Georgia. Remember a couple years ago, their second game was at Notre Dame, and that was the first time that they had played that far north in like. 10 years or something like that. It just it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It's like all of, all of the postseason games are in Florida and SoCal. So, Or if they are up north, they're indoors. When they're indoors, right, yeah. I mean, because where was, where was the Notre Dame-Clemson game? Was that at Jerry World? Um... Yeah, it sounds it sounds right. It sounds right. Well, I, well, or it was the yeah, because it was the Cotton Bowl, right? I think so. Yeah, I'll, do, yeah, I'll double yeah. check to be sure, but but I mean, what, relevance. It's it depends on how you define relevance. Are you talking national championships? Or are you talking national recognition? Well, either way, it would be the SEC. I mean, SEC SEC's got the most talent. I will. I can fully admit that. Yeah. I mean, we're both Big Ten fans, but we know the SEC is... I wouldn't say... I'd say the gap is closed in recent years. It's not the SEC and everybody else. It's the SEC, 
I would say it would go SEC, Big Ten. Big in terms tw- of de- are, you, are you saying in terms of depth? Depth, yes. Just depth. Because obviously the ACC has Clemson and a bunch of shit below it. Kind of, yeah. Um, Did you see... Um, like, uh, Let me get this guy's name. i got to open the article. But there was a safety for Clemson that came out today and said... Texas A&M was by far the best team that they played last year. And Texas A&M is, like, at this point, what, the third or fourth best team in that conference? I mean... And they really almost, they almost beat Clemson. They got A&M third in the West Division at 5-3 and three in conference. I mean, a- A&M's... Anum's a pest. I mean, they do uh, have Kayvon Wallace was the 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 Clemson player's name that said that. I mean, they have A and M's got Jimbo Fisher, so mm-hmm. I, you can't count him out. But I don't know. A and M was their the best team they played. Well, I mean, they had no problems with Alabama. Here, oh, oh, okay. Furman, no. Georgia Southern, no. Georgia Tech, they beat forty nine to twenty one. Syracuse, that was the close game. Remember? Yeah. That was when uh, uh, Kelly Bryant had just transferred, and then Trevor Lawrence got hurt. I thought so, they – yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had, to bring, they, they had to bring Chase Bryce into that game. Didn't they have a tough time against Boston College, too? They won by 20. I mean, that first half was not great. They I beat uh, – NC State was ranked 16th when they played them, and they won that game 41-7. to Yuck. And then they played the number three ranked team, Notre Dame, and won thirty to three, and then played Bama and won forty four to sixteen. Yeah, that Notre Dame game wasn't even a contest. That was not even a contest. No, I that, I, wa- Notre Dame didn't belong on the same field. I was watching that at uh, a bar in Maryland with a bunch of Notre Dame people, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, no. I was like, Notre Dame is losing this game. You could tell. You could tell within the first five minutes that like, yeah, they just don't match up. Even like like Wake uh, Wake Forest had a pretty decent team last year, and Clemson won sixty three to three. I mean, Clemson's just so good. Like, it's like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably gonna win it all again, just because they have Trevor Lawrence. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. So they play. They play at home versus Texas A and M this year. That's week two. So then, that's so that's Clemson's out of conference. Is A and M? They so their out of conference games are A and M, Charlotte, and as always, they play South Carolina. Oh, and and Wofford also. I, I, this is the. I they get... they play they play two games out of the Carolinas all year. They play at Syracuse. And they play at Louisville. And other than that, they're either in South Carolina or they're in North Carolina. I mean, I guess that's just... You can't blame them for that. That's just the conference. Well, no. But... I'm just saying. So, uh, the point I'm trying to make is... like, the, uh, Do you f- see a loss on that schedule? No. Because I, <laughs> I don't. No. I mean, the ACC always has, like, that... That random team. I mean, maybe Miami. Do they play Miami or no? No. Okay. What about Virginia or Virginia Tech? 
Also, no. They don't play any of the top three teams in the other division. Nope. So, no, I don't see a loss on that fucking schedule. I, well, I don't even... I guess their hardest game would probably be at NC State. I, maybe. They got them picked fourth. And At South Carolina? I mean, I guess because it's, it's that big rivalry game for them. Like, sometimes that's when the crazy shit happens, but uh, even then... They got Trevor Lawrence. They still have uh, the ETN. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, man. And Boston College has to go to Clemson this year. So yes, the only the only time that like Clemson would lose is if it's in like late October or early November, and they got to go up north. That would be the only time that I would pick them to yeah, like no. maybe get upset. No. That's the thing. They did. They did that last year, and they won. They had to play at Boston College in cold weather, and it just didn't happen. Nah, I mean, they pretty much got Clemson as far as just uh, units, like running back, receiver, all that. It's pretty much Clemson across the board. The only thing that they're not ranked number one at is linebackers and DBs, and they're ranked two. Who's number one then? Miami's got the best linebacker, they say, and Virginia's got the best. Defensive back. Hmm. I mean, like, I don't. I I don't see Clemson losing. I, they're they're gonna cruise to the playoff again, more than likely. Yeah, probably. I I wouldn't even know who. Like I got shit. Like maybe if Miami can get it together and they play each other in the. The ACC title game, but yeah. like even even then they would give them a scare at worst. But they can just, they no one can play sixty minutes with that team. No, but it's like it's like Miami's like oh Miami's back Miami's back. They're really not. Like yeah, they had that what? Didn't they lose like what two games? Was it not last year but the year before? Yeah, two years ago they got up to. Uh, they were number one actually. Miami was. Oh, I'm Jesus Christ! I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, Clemson's schedule. Two two years ago, they got up to number two. I'm saying Miami, and then they lost at Pitt somehow, and then they got destroyed by 35 in the ACC championship game to Clemson, and then they lost to Wisconsin in the the Orange Bowl. I mean Pitt. Pitt's got. Pitt always has an upset, all the time. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Pitt's a pretty average football team. They've always been that, but... They're just a team that rises to the occasion. I wouldn't even say that. It's a trap game. That's all it is. You think? Every, every time somebody visits Pitt late in the year with a good record and Pitt's 4-6 and six or something like that, it's yeah. a trap game. And you think and you think that, oh, it's not a trap game, it's not a trap game, we're prepared, we're prepared. Well, you only put up 13 and Pitt put up 17. And they do it on the road, too. Yeah, no, it's like... They won at Clemson and at Miami in back-to-back years. No, I'm pretty sure the Miami pick game, that was in Pittsburgh. Was it? Yeah. Am I just stupid? No, you're not stupid. I just... I'm... Oh, yeah, I am. All right, yeah. I'm fired. Fairly... I, th- I thought I thought that was at Miami. But, all right. But no. the, the Clemson one was definitely at Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely was. Um... The two best conferences in, as far as depth in college football, are the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, I think that's where I would go to. Big 12 would be close, I think, but the, the 
think the worst teams in the Big 12 probably wouldn't beat the worst teams in the Big 10. I mean, the... I would pick Rutgers to beat Kansas. Oh, that's just... Wouldn't that be a barn burner? You know, you know what? I, as I say that, though, I think they played each other last year, and Kansas might have won. The bottom teams of the Big 12 that only has 10 teams because... They did, actually, yeah. Oh, they yeah. crushed them. Right, I take that back then, actually. Yeah, the Big the Big 12 that only has 10 teams and the Big 10 that has 14 teams because reasons. They just didn't want to change the name. It would yeah, confuse people, right. I guess. Uh, well, we could just switch the... just switch the, Literally just switch the names. Change the Big 10 to the Big 12 and the Big Just 12 change the Big, the Big 10. 10 to the Big 14. Exactly. Or change it to Big 13 and Rutgers. Pretty much. <laughs> the Big 12 could be the Big 9 and Kansas. Or you could, yeah, change it to change it to the Big 12 and Rutgers and Maryland. Apparently Maryland is supposed to be decent this year. Not from what I'm seeing. And people are like picking, that, like that's a like trap game for Penn State and Penn State should be worried. It's a classic I'll believe it when I see it moment. Yeah. I mean, Maryland beat Penn State, what, three years ago? It was uh, 2014. Was that long ago? Yeah. I, I was a freshman. Yeah. And they haven't beat us since. No, they have not. Yeah. They wanted a rivalry. And, yeah, that's what, they said. that's what they said. It was like, oh, here's the beginning of the rivalry. And I was like, okay. Right. It's only a rivalry when both teams win. That's what I'm saying. Like you have to. <laughs> Maryland's beat us like, like, like eight times or something. What? In just history? Yeah. I mean, also we weren't in the same conference till Maryland moved to. The no, Big but Ten. we've played like. Let me. Uh, I, I'm finding numbers here somewhere. I mean, Penn State's rivals are Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. That's the. Those are the teams we got to worry about. And we're all in the same division. Oh, no, I lied. Maryland's beaten us twice. Ever? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not I was right. being gen. I thought it was like seven or eight times. Yeah. No. It's 39-2 and one tie. Wow. And Maryland wants a rivalry. Maybe learn to recruit your own backyard. Because <laughs> Trace McSorley was literally in your backyard and you didn't get him. He was, yeah. Ashburn, Virginia. You offered him to play linebacker. Okay. Smart. Good call. Good call. Yeah, that's right. They got Perry Hill, or whatever that guy's name was. I mean, I, the Maryland's quarterbacks last year, like, Maryland kind of got screwed because they were down to their fifth quarterback. <laughs> like, le- like, legitimately their fifth quarterback. Everybody kept getting hurt. Which, I mean, it sucks because it's like, Jesus Christ, we're gonna we're gonna have to start playing just receivers at quarterback because we don't have anybody else. But yeah, no. I, I'm pretty. We gotta go to Maryland this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a Big Ten opener actually for us. I think it is. Let's see if I can find it. I think so. But yeah. yeah, I I wouldn't consider them. I wouldn't consider Maryland a rival of Penn State, at least not yet. Maryland. I mean, I hate them as much as I hate anybody, just because their fans are terrible people. But like, it, I guess it would just depend on your definition of rivalry. Because like the two teams definitely don't like each other. So in that regard, then yeah, I guess. But it's not like 
oh, like I gotta like sit here and watch this big Penn State Maryland game because who knows which way it's gonna go. I mean, I get pumped up. Spoiler for it. alert: it's gonna go blue and white. Yeah, I mean, I get pumped up for it every year, but am we I... lived in Maryland for so long, so we had to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, do I get pumped up for it? Yes. Am I just gonna not watch it because we're playing Maryland? No, I'm gonna watch it because. We could fuck up like we normally do against teams that we should beat. But maybe it is a rivalry then. Here we here we are building it. <laughs> I would say Penn State fans that like are unlike it, us, like they weren't raised in Maryland. Right. They probably don't. Yeah, they like, had, they don't care. It's Akron for them. Yeah, like Penn State students or graduates that are from Maryland do not like the University of Maryland. No. Because as far as academics goes, Maryland is a harder school. Because I I don't know why. I'm obviously not a big academics person. But it's just a Maryland's a harder school to get into than Penn State for academics. They're pretty stingy down there in College Park. University of Washington, D.C. is what they should be called. Because they're, I mean, you go a mile, two miles from College Park and you're in D.C. Go Terps. Whoa. Looking forward to that. Wow. So what, so what's the, of the big five, what's, what's your ranking for relevancy? As of right now, I'll say uh, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. I, I I mean the ACC gets the slight edge over the Pac twelve just because of Clemson. Like Clemson yeah. keeps that conference afloat. Yeah, and the, pa- the Pac twelve had such an awful year last year. They got they got left out of the playoff completely. As did the Big Ten again. Um. So uh, yeah, it was just it was. Uh, what were the, even the the Pac-12 standings last year? I know Washington won. Yeah, but even Washington didn't they lose like three games? Uh, they were seven and two in the conference. Okay. I mean, Jesus, look at what happened to USC. They didn't. Even, they were five and seven. I will say this: USC's got a young quarterback. That. Utah Utah won the Pac-12 South with a six and three conference record. Like it, it was at the end of the year, there was only two teams that were ranked in that conference. It was Washington and Washington State. I mean, the Pac-12 South: Utah, UCLA, USC, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado. That's not good. I mean, you think UCLA and USC would be good, but they're just. There used to be a time where, like, USC, UCLA, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington were all, like, top 25 teams. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I'm, they'll get back there eventually. I mean, like, I'm not saying that conference is completely dead. I'm just no, saying no, as of right no. now, it doesn't look good. No, and it's just, I mean, I see it out here. Pac-12, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of talk about it. It just isn't. But, I mean, the teams, I mean... I like Washington, I like Oregon, I like Washington State. Sanford's always in mm-hmm. there. Justin Herbert going back to Oregon is going to be big. Oh, yeah, I mean, 
I like watching him play. He, he's really good. He saw he saw what it was coming out. If he would have uh, declared, he'd been like, "Ah, oh, yeah, no." I think I'm gonna wait for. I I assume his thought process was maybe wait for a weaker quarterback class because he'd be uh, number one rated quarterback. Uh, yeah. Who who are even the? Let's take a look at who the prospects are. What Lawrence can't come out for not this year. He can come out after next year, can't next he? Next year, yeah. But you know what I've heard about him is that if he was eligible last year, he probably would have been the number he, one overall pick. Uh, yeah, he would have won one. I mean, the game's just so easy for him. Yeah, he's he's well beyond his years. And the fact that he has to stay, not and I'm not saying. That like you shouldn't have to stay in college because the NFL is those are grown men. You come in at nineteen, that's gonna be a problem. Cause you remember Tommy Maddox? He came in at nineteen. He was because he went to UCLA, I think, and he came out in like the mid nineties for Denver because they like for some reason like he could come out and he was like only twenty and got just beat to hell. And then went like, and then went to like sell insurance, and then the Steelers gave him another shot. Mm. And I always regret uh, Terrell Suggs hurting Tommy Maddox in two thousand four. In my uh, in my opinion, I think the only college player that I've ever seen that was like eighteen or nineteen and said that guy could survive in the NFL was Leonard Fournette. Uh, watching watching him as a f- true freshman at LLC, I was, was like, this guy would have no issues playing in the NFL right now. I would say even Maurice Claret. That yeah, was a little bit before my time. I mean, but I mean, go back and watch a film. He's a man among boys. But I mean, he had his own demons and issues. So. I'm on this uh, WalterFootball.com, the top five QB prospects right now for next year. Herbert's number one. And then it goes Tua, Jake Fromm, KJ Costello, and uh, Jacob Eason. Where's KJ go? Stanford. Okay. So that's actually, that's three out of five are in the Pac-12. I mean, they play good football out here. But I mean, I guess it's just maybe recruiting kids from, because I mean, all the, all the good kids at the Pac-12 teams won are all in California. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, that player pool's loaded. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some in Arizona. But, I mean, Arizona doesn't compare to California very well. Like, all the, all the the most of the top prospects come out of California, Texas, and Florida. That's where... Yeah. That's where the type high, top high school talent is. I wonder if... Would, do you think... J- Jake Fromm and Tua would even leave after this year? So what, are they both true juniors? I think so, yeah. I'd say if Fromm goes out, because he had Justin Fields behind him and they like kept playing him, so Fromm's confidence kind of went down a little bit. I'd say if they if they gave Fromm the keys and be like, like you're our guy, we're not going to pull you out unless like it's a blowout or whatever. I'd say if Jake Fromm has another strong year and is in, like, Heisman contention, if he finishes, like, second or third or even wins it, I, he might come out. But not Tua? Hmm. I mean, maybe now that Jalen's gone, he might. But, 
I don't know. I Again, I think it's the same thing as from. If Tua has another strong year and goes and wins a national title, yeah, I think he'll leave. And they can't Jalen come out this year? Jalen Hurts? He could, yeah. He's way down here at 21. Maybe. His, pro- his projected round is the 7th. I think uh, Bob Stutes is going to have something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Oklahoma's got the last two Heisman Trophy winners. He's not the coach anymore. Bob St- Oh, shit. I screwed that up. <laughs> isn't it one of the, It's one of the Stoops brothers, isn't it? It's Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Oh, my God. It's Who am Lincoln, I thinking? It's Lincoln Riley Stoops. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Lincoln, oh, Stoops. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Stoops. I'm thinking of Kentucky. What the hell? Stoops. Lincoln Riley, thank you. I sucked that up. Um, we each get, get one fuck up an episode. Alright, well I burned mine like yeah, way early. I, I was going to say, you had yours, and I now have mine. I mean, Lincoln Riley, yeah. Lincoln Riley has a good offense, and is... is Jay, but I mean, is Jalen's arm better than Tua's? Eh. I'd say uh, no. I don't know. I would say no, but I'd like to see Jalen in a in a spread type offense because he was in Bama in a in a pretty pro style offense. Right. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm. I doubt that uh, Jalen will take a snap under center this year because Oklahoma. Oh no! Yeah, they don't do that. It Oklahoma. says his projected forty time is a four point six. Four point six seven, so almost a four seven. That's really not all that fast. But he's a quarterback. If, well, yeah, for a quarterback. But like, what was Kyler Murray? Four five, four yeah, six. He's, he's crazy. But that, I mean, what? I don't know. I think because I think if they if Jalen can prove that he can throw, he'll shoot up because it's been proven that he can take a snap under center. He can run a pro style offense. Mm-hmm. And if they see that, oh, he can also throw deep, uh, yeah, he'll go up. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Do you think you think Oklahoma gets a third straight Heisman winner? No. <laughs> I think it'll be Trevor Lawrence this year. Trevor Lawrence from Tua. That's probably going to be your Heisman finalist right there. If you're not picking a quarterback or a running back, you're wrong. It's really what it boils down to. Um, one of the, the NFL, uh, Darren Sproles, re-signed with the Eagles. Yeah, I was I was really surprised at this. I don't I don't know why they're holding on to so many running backs. It, yeah. Ideally, for me, on a, on a on any given Sunday, I would like four active running backs, so no more than that. And if you're going to have four, um, one of them's got to play special teams. You can't just have guys using up roster spots if they don't do anything because you can't use four running backs in a backfield a game. It's just it's too many, too much rotation. Guys can't get in rhythm. So you got to figure Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, and, um, and Darren Sproles now are three that are going to be playing. So now, really, you have Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood, and um, uh, what's it? What Corey Clement? 
So that's like three guys competing for the last spot, if you ask me. Um, that's just how I would have it. I would I would have Clement. Did you guys cut Jay Ajayi? He, yeah. He's out of here. I didn't see that. I, I And I don't, I don't miss him at all, to be honest. Uh, I mean, he was a good trade for that Super Bowl run, but he had a lot of issues fumbling the ball. And I just think anything that he could do, that we have other guys that can do it better. I didn't think he was all that valuable to the team. Yeah, I get that. So what, you got six running backs now going into camp? Uh, at least. You're probably going to cut minimum two of them. So we got, let's see. Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Jordan Howard, Donnell Pumphrey, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Wendell Smallwood, and Darren Sproles as of right now. Doug Peterson, please do not cut Miles Sanders. Come on now. Yeah, that, no, he's a lock. Don't be he's a guy. lock. Jordan Howard's a lock. And Sproles is a lock. Doug, Doug, listen to me now. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Don't be that guy. It's okay. It's not going to happen. Um, and uh, uh, Sharif Miller also. Did you see Melvin Gordon's holding out for a new contract? I didn't, but I believe you. I think they're paying him like... I think he's already making like seven point two million a year. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think he obviously wants more money, but I'm not trying to say running backs are dime a dozen. But look at the Patriots. When was the last time the Patriots had like a just not even big money, but just. A guy of running back that they invested heavily into. Uh, how much money did they give Corey Dillon? I mean, Corey Dillon was also at the end of his career. Yeah, but he was like the last like traditional like downhill running back. I think. I mean, I guess they had Blunt for a short period also. Yeah. But um, what but, like Shane Vereen, Stephen Ridley? I yeah. mean, those guys aren't anything special. So. I mean, you have James White, who doesn't even carry the ball. He just catches passes, pretty much. Yes, but he's valuable. No, I know. I'm not saying that. He's definitely valuable. I would love to have him on my team. He's a good player, but that's just that's not their style of play. No. Um. I mean, I don't know. Melvin Gordon, he'll probably get a new deal, but the Chargers are notoriously cheap. I mean, I like re- Melvin Gordon. He's really good, and he yeah. had a he had a career year. Oh yeah, no, he definitely did. So, he's he's a very, he's a good back, but yeah, Chargers are notoriously cheap. Um, I mean, there's a reason Bosa held out, but I mean, I think you know my thoughts on the entire Bosa family. Where did it, where did the younger brother get drafted to? Uh, who picked second? What's his name, Nick? Yeah. Oh, the Forty ers yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So they're both playing out in California now, then. Yeah, I mean, the Bosa family. Yeah, I think you know my thoughts on them. I don't. I'm not really. No, like, they're they. I love to hate them. All the time, all the time. It's not that I want to see you fail, or I don't. Or I want to see you have a career-ending injury. It's not that you're a player. You have talent. You deserve to make money for it. But do I have to like you? No. (laughs) 
Do I, do I want to see your career end on a horrific injury? Of course not. I would like to I would like to play against you and I'd like to beat you. That's what I would like to do. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them get like pancakes. I mean, I think that's that's gonna be pretty rare. I mean they're massive humans. It's, it's so annoying how good they both are too. What what was your thoughts on Nick Bosa sitting out his last year at Ohio State when he got hurt? I like I go back and forth with this in my head all the time. Cause like I his, I get that he wanted to keep his stock as high as it could, and he didn't want to risk getting re-injured or whatever. I get all that. And it worked out for him because he got drafted second overall. And it was... He probably would have been first if if Kyler Murray didn't like have a late surge in the, the rankings. And he the guy almost played baseball, first of all. So there was that. So he was that close to being the number one overall pick. Um, but it's just like... It kind of seems like you're shafting the guys you're playing with at Ohio State. I think his reasoning... Let's just go back to the classic argument I have with how much money the NCAA makes. It's like, you can't cut a percentage of that for the players. Mm -hmm. I think if he was getting paid a little bit, he might have stayed. He obviously wouldn't be getting paid as much as going to the NFL or being the number two overall pick. But I think it would have it would have been a harder decision for him if there was money he was getting paid to play at Ohio State. And not under the table money. I'm trying to remember has there ever been a player that like said he was gonna sit out the rest of the season? Like all the time you see these guys that like sit out for their bowl game. But his was like halfway through the year, and he said, "No, I'm done." I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I wouldn't even. Th- I didn't think it was halfway. I think it was two games. Was it that early? It was. It was like in September, I think. Because he hurt his shoulder. Okay. okay, so he played in three games, and then he didn't announce that he was sitting out until October. Yeah, because he hurt. Because he got hurt the third game. He underwent core muscle surgery. Ow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, Go out I and get, get that bread. I get, I get that. Like, you want to go to the NFL and you want to make money, and he obviously had a very good shot of being a tough guy pick and was. But, I mean, screwing over your teammates, yeah, I see your argument. I mean, personally, I wouldn't do it because he built bonds and everything with that. But if you're like, yeah, I can go, I can be a top five pick and have a $25 million signing bonus just for getting, not even playing it down yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, can you blame him? That's why, that's why I say I go, I, I go back and forth with it all the time. It's hard to. It's hard yeah. to blame him. I mean, the student athlete life—it's a—it's a job. Your job is football. Your job is whatever sport you play. Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer. Whatever it is, like if you're on scholarship, that's what you're there for. You're there to play sports. You're, I mean, and you're there to get an educa- education, but that's definitely on the back burner. Well, for someone like him, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, and I like. 
And I don't think he was one of those kids that was told you're just gonna you're just gonna play football. You're just gonna play football. That's that is your ticket out of this a bad situation that you're in. That you didn't put yourself there, but what I mean for some of them, that is all they have is football. And if you don't make it in football, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what people have told them. And it's like, it's like don't. What what what's the saying? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. No, not that. It was use football to get an educate or. Use football to better yourself. Don't let football use you. Mm. Because you use some of the some of the kids. Like, okay, I get a scholarship. I get my school paid for free, and I'm coming out of here with no student loan debt, no nothing, and I get an education. I can start my life, and that first paycheck is going to me. Whatever it is, whether it be the NFL or in the real world. Mm-hmm. But some of them, they're just like. It's like, okay, football's using me because I only want to go to the NFL and a very, very, very small percentage of them go to the NFL. Right. It's like, what do you... And if you do go to the NFL, the average career is what? year and a half, two years? Yeah, probably about that, honestly. It's just like, okay, what are you going to do with the next 50 years of your life when all you've been told is you can, you can only play football, that's all you know how to do, which is not true for anybody uh, tough world out here um, well US soccer let's move on to that mm-hmm. before, before we dive just too deep because I think that conversation I'd like to have I'd like to have Ryan's thoughts on if, if before we get too deep into that yeah, I kind of wish he was here for this, because I can't really, like, break down what happened. I'll start with the bad news. The men's team uh, lost to Mexico in the uh, the Gold Cup final. It was a heartbreaker. Um, and not for a lack of chances, that's for sure. Uh, Alzador, very early in the game, uh, was in on net and ripped it wide of the, wide of the post. And uh, the, uh, who's their goalie's name? Ochoa. Or whatever he he was making some really good saves in the first half and that was their uh that was their time to do it they couldn't couldn't get it done and uh Mexico got a late winner in like the seventy seventh minute or something like that yeah so it was a heartbreaker but this was their first competitive these were their first competitive matches since the uh the World Cup debacle in twenty seventeen so um they I think they proved that they're they're gonna be competing to be the best in, in CONCACAF, definitely. So, at least it was a step in the right direction. And they definitely were toe-to-toe with Mexico, who, according to the FIFA ranking, is a top-20 team in the world right now. So, uh, they got that. The good news is the women team won. Yep. So, yes, they did. Back-to-back Women's uh, World Cup champions. Uh, they've now got four. They got four stars on the crest. Uh, they're the only nation with four women's World Cups, and they they doubled up Germany, who's the next uh, next in line. They have two, so congratulations to them. Uh, that was a that was a good game actually. It was uh it was entertaining. They beat uh, the Netherlands. I think what was it two to nothing? Might have been two to one. Might Did they score? T- 
I cannot. No, it's two nothing. Okay. Um. So yeah, Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan both finished with six goals in the tournament, and uh, this Rose Lavelle character, she's quickly becoming an American favorite. Oh yeah, she's she's a good. she's a young up and comer. Like so like her her and uh, Mallory Peel are going to be the the future of uh, women's soccer, and uh, I think we're trending in the right direction for sure. Well, not I shouldn't say that we're already I, I, in the right direction. I was, I was gonna say. I'm just, I'm just saying the the future it looks bright so it yeah. looks like the uh, the veterans of like the your Alex Morgans and your Mega Rapinos they're gonna be passing the torch off to good hands. Carly so, uh, as well. That'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what they look like in the Olympics next summer. Um. And uh, yeah, so that was good. the The reason I wanted to bring up soccer though was because um, so now. CONCACAF came out with their new World Cup qualification format. And uh, it's really weird, <laughs> to say the least. So it used to be you had to like play your... If you don't know, the, the last round of qualification in CONCACAF is called the Hex, or the Hexagonal, which is the final six teams. The top three go to the World Cup. The fourth place team uh, goes to the Inter... Confederation playoffs, which means they play either uh, South American, Asian, or New Zealand, basically, because New Zealand always wins Oceania. And the bottom two, obviously, are eliminated. Uh, they changed it this year, so now it's you, you don't play your way into the hex. It's just the top six ranked teams go to the hex, which I, I find really, really weird. Why would so, you not play your way in? What is the so what? So it's not. So it's not determined by the play on the field. It's determined by people in a fucking boardroom. Pretty much, yeah. It's like selection Sunday type thing. So That's the reason, true. the reason being was that they said that the majority of teams in Concacaf were in the old format. The majority of the teams were already eliminated like two years before the World Cup even happened. So they said it didn't really make sense for that to be it. So here's what they do, Johnny. You got your six ranked teams, your top six go to the uh, the Hex. The teams ranked 7 through 35 have their own little like tournament thing. Okay. They have um, a group stage and then a knockout stage. So you, you got to win this entire tournament just to play the team that finishes fourth in the Hex. And then... If you want to go to the World Cup, you got to beat that fourth place team in a a, a two leg home and home thing, and then that just gets you to the inter confederation playoffs. Which then you have to win again. You got yeah, you got to win again. So this the here's the really weird thing. This is where they kind of lose me. Is that the team that finishes fifth and sixth? Let's say let's say it, it finishes chalk. Okay. Uh, so, like, Mexico, USA, Costa Rica are the top three. Jamaica, Honduras, and El Salvador are four through six. So, theoretically, Honduras and El Salvador are ranked higher than Panama. But if Panama wins this 7 through 35 thing, they actually, like, make it farther than Honduras and El Salvador. Because they at least have another... Ch- chance to qualify, even though they were ranked lower than Honduras and El Salvador. 
that's that's where it get, I think it gets kind of weird. No. Um, I mean, it I... also it totally screws Panama. Now, by the by the way, these it rankings screws the majority. By the way, these rankings are not. They're not locked in until June of next year, so these these one through six can change. But I'm saying if the, if it started right now, Panama, who was in the hex, they played their way into the hex last year and played their way into the World Cup, or not last year, but last cycle. They wouldn't even have a chance to play their way into the hex because they're not they're ranked seven right now, so they would have to go through this entire fucking thing just to have to play. Uh, two playoff rounds pretty much um so that in that regard i just it's weird i get why they do it because they want to have all of these teams that are included and still have a chance so that you don't have teams like i mean do they like really Nicaragua that get eliminated like like in 2020 and the world cup is not even for another two years they want to keep it like competitive for as long as possible i get that but it's just i don't know it's just strange Go ahead, Johnny. I mean, wouldn't I get the seven through thirty-five tournament? I like, I get that. Like, it's your last shot to get in. I understand mm-hmm. that, but why don't they just combine the two? Like, play to get into the hex, then those six teams—they're locked there—and then do the seven through thirty-five tournament for that last shot. Why? Why is why is the hex now being decided by people in a boardroom and not on the field? And that's not me advocating for the men's team or whatever the U.S. men's team. I'm not advocating for that. But wouldn't that make more sense? You're just going to decide who is in the hex by people in a boardroom based off of past performances or just non-objectivity. Well, yeah, no, I'm with you there. Like it's just it's like it's like now eerily similar to how they decide like the the college football playoff or how they decide um, the, who gets into the into the NCAA basketball tournament. So it used to be you just you yeah, start. There's a, you there's play a your difference. There's a difference there between the college football playoff and the selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like the difference between that is like. Soccer, it's it's a two-year thing. It's not like it's a four-month thing or a six-month thing. Right, yeah. You have two years where you can play and say, okay, you got a bad run at the end of those two years. Yeah, you're fucked getting the 7 through 35. When you've had a year and a half of just consistency playing on top, or not even top, playing like third best or whatever to get in the hex, and now it's being decided by people in a fucking boardroom. I have a problem with that. I don't know I, exactly. I think the FIFA official of FIFA, bleh, the official FIFA ranking. I don't think it's. I could be wrong about this. I don't know if it's a, a boardroom thing per se. I think they have like some kind of scoring system because I'm looking at FIFA right now, and they have like total points. So it says Mexico's got 1,557, USA has 1,495. How those points are gained or lost, I have no idea. I should know that. I should probably research that. I don't. I don't know if it's exactly what you're thinking, Johnny. That it's just people at Concacaf that are saying, "Okay, who are the top six right now?" But e- either way, I, I don't know why you're doing a ranking. I again, I I prefer the player way in. But what are you gonna do? I mean, that's it's, what... it's different every World Cup cycle. They change it all the time. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, this one, it's just 
who knows, it could be easier for the U.S. to get in, or it could be incredibly harder. Well, it's way easier for the U.S. now, because they're, they're not going to be outside the top six. You they, would they, hope not. USA, Mexico, Costa Rica, they were going to make the hex regardless, so it doesn't really make a difference for them. So if anything, it just kind of like saves time, I guess. They don't have to play against the Nicaragua or whatever. St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Um, but like I said, like it, for the team that finishes seventh, when they might have otherwise had a shot at playing their way into the hex, now they don't. Now they got to go through this whole thing, and it's, that that's kind of where they lose me. But at the same time, the team ranks sixth, where they may might have slipped up in the round before, if they had to play their way in. Now they get like a free pass, kind of. So it'll be weird. It'll be weird. But so now, because of this, the U.S. will not have their first World Cup qualification until over a year from now. It'll be September of 2020. So uh, what we have to look forward to is Concacaf Nations League starting up in. Starts in September. The USA doesn't play till October, and then we'll have uh, Olympic qualification coming up here pretty shortly as well, and then the Olympics next summer, of course. Hopefully, we're in it this time. I think we will be, but you know, it's not a given these days. Yeah, it's we we have something to prove mm-hmm. for sure. If we don't make it again, just go ahead and cancel the entire program. <laughs> like seriously. Like that's that's what's bad. That's what's so bad. It's like just getting in is a fucking accomplishment, and it shouldn't be. Are you talking about the World Cup or the Olympics? The World Cup. Okay. It's like just getting in is a is a massive accomplishment for us. Well, it, yeah, it depends on, like, getting in for like Serbia is an accomplishment. For us, it, it really sh- it should be an automatic thing. And I know we kind of sound spoiled as U.S. soccer fans by saying that, like, we should just automatically get in. It's, it's tough, the... I know that, but you know that I think they've proven that they're better than everybody in Concacaf, maybe except for Mexico. So, like, a, no excuses should be the uh, the motto for this cycle. It's the amount of resources we have at our disposal. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's that's what's pissing everybody off. It's just like you have all these good players, and we're paying you millions of dollars. And you can't even make the damn thing? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I, with I you. Mean, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Alexi Lawless. I'm really not. But his rant to the team, what was that, two, three years uh, ago? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just like, you're a bunch of spoiled fucking millionaires. Yeah. Sometimes Pro- you gotta get a, a fire lit under your ass, really. Pro- prove us wrong, because you think it's just gonna be a fucking cakewalk, and it's not. You have a fucking target on your back. As much as you don't want it to be there, or as much as maybe it's not even deserved to be there, but you have one. Like, if you if you want to be just a bunch of spoiled, tattooed millionaires, fine. Be our guest. Are we going to support you? It's going to be fucking difficult for us. Because that's what you're telling us, that you've, that you've made your money, and now you're not going to deliver on the field. That's what you've said. I mean... It's, yeah, I, I don't like it when we have so, when we, we have better resources than most countries at our disposal every day. And we just, 
it's not that we refuse to like try to get better, but like something needed to change. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um. All right, Andrew, you got final thoughts here? Yes, I have two two final thoughts actually, and I would say like two final thoughts, and half of them are are sport related. And what I mean by that is, uh, I uh, I think I said this. Um, a couple episodes ago, I know I may not have mentioned it on the podcast. I was at um, WWE Extreme Rules in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It was my first wrestling pay per view. Oh my god, Johnny, it was so dope! So uh, yeah. check out check out this video. I took. <laughs> How cool is it that Roman Reigns uses our podcast intro to walk out of the ring? <laughs> That's so dope. Oh, man. Uh, and the other, um, to the non-sport related one, uh, I saw Spider-Man. The yeah. new Spider-Man that came out. Uh, I The last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, it was at 90%. That's 11% too low, if you ask me. Ah. That was such an entertaining movie. In addition to the action being good as usual, uh, it was so it was so fucking funny. There are so many funny parts in it. I thought uh, uh, John Favreau did such a, such an amazing job. He, he's he's his character is really funny, and uh, I don't know. Have you seen Have you seen any of the Tom Holland Spider Man's Johnny? I don't believe I have. No. I think I like it better than Tobey Maguire. Which that's, is kind of, which is like, those are fighting words, right? That's, you're about to have a war on your hands. Yeah. Anybody, anybody who's over the age of 28 is going to have a problem with that. Well, you know, you just got to look at it uh, objectively. So that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, Brian will never watch superhero movies for whatever reason. I don't know if you're into that or not, but I highly recommend yeah, I was gonna, I'm I'm indifferent. I'll I'll watch them. I I think they're good. Yeah, um, it was great. My final thought is it is July twentieth. Uh the Red Sox played the Orioles last night, and boy was it not good. Andrew, we lost eleven to two. Oh boy. Yeah, Colton Brewer came in uh, out of the Red Sox bullpen. In the seventh inning, sixth inning, sixth inning, and uh, he threw four pitches and three guys got on base. <laughs> four pitches. Uh, I think I texted my dad. I said, "This is how we're gonna play against the Orioles." Uh, I texted. I was like, four pitches for Brewer. Three men have reached." Legitimately, and then uh, sack fly, sack fly. There's a run, so he gets an out by fucking default. Um, and then sounds like you're having a tough go of it. <laughs> yeah, and then he walked the next guy. 
And I was like, I'm at the bar watching, I'm screaming at the television, I'm like, Cora, could you go get him, please? Clearly he doesn't fucking have it. Because he's faced, what was that? What's that? Five guys, four of them have reached, and one of them has a fucking RBI. So, can we figure it the fuck out? It's late July, trade deadline's in 11 days. Do I think we're going to do anything? Probably not. But, going to stick with them. Throughout the year, because I like to torture myself, I, I just I just don't understand it. Don't understand it. Uh, how, how are the Phillies doing? Well, they they split with the uh, the Dodgers, which was uh, that was huge. And you see, um, uh, what's his name, Hector Neris got he got in trouble because he, after the Phillies won the fourth game. He would, like, cussed out the, the Dodgers' dugout. That's competitive fucking juices. What's the problem? <laughs> well, I mean, because it was like... Is, it, is this one of these unwritten baseball rules that I'm not allowed to fucking do anything about? Well, I think that baseball just... Major League Baseball just wanted to put their foot down so that it doesn't evolve into this happening, like, all the time. For what? I, so I can't use words? Not like I'm beaming guys in the head with fucking baseballs? No, but he was, like, really, really going after them. So the thing is, they lost sixteen to two, game one. They had a great ninth inning comeback, game two, got beat pretty badly again in game three, and then game four they were trailing and came back and won. So it was like the classic, like you knocked us down but we got back up. You knocked us down, we got back up. So he was definitely excited, and the Phillies needed a split at least because this team has been like zombies, yeah, like treading water. It's yeah, it's not it's not uh good if you listen to sports radio here. Um, uh, yeah, but they, they definitely needed it. They're, so they're still hanging around in that wild card hunt. The Braves have just run away with it at this point. I think they're like eight eight up on the Phillies right now. Let me check. Yeah, I think the, the Braves are going to make a move for another pitcher. Another they're, okay, so the Braves are six and a half up on Washington and seven and a half up on the Phillies, and the Phillies have the last wild card spot right now. Uh, the Brewers are a half game behind for the last wild card spot. I mean, I'm I'm just still pissed that we can't fucking just beat the Orioles every time. And it seems like the Orioles just fucking play out of their goddamn minds whenever they play us. Like, even the three-game set earlier this year, or it's just like, uh, yeah, guys, can we, like, get up 9 nothing and just not fucking look back? But no, no, this is this is what we're going to fucking do. Like, it's, I don't understand it. We are three games out of the fucking wild card. Defending World Series champions, folks. This is this is how we fucking do this. I'm just the Eagles were the defending Super Bowl champions, and they started off four and six last year. It happens. The you, hangover was real. Yeah, but you made the playoffs. Well, yeah, but the Red Sox aren't out of the playoffs yet. You could still rally. My confidence level is not very high, to be honest. I don't. Uh... I mean, I, do I have, still have confidence in the offense? Fuck yeah, because we're capable of scoring 15 runs on fucking anybody. That bullpen, though, will win that game 15 to 12. Because the bullpen will come in and give up six. Pretty much. If, I'm, if I'm looking at this right, I think the Red Sox have more runs scored than any other team in the American League right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't, I can't confirm that, but I wouldn't put it past them. You're at 549. The Yankees are next at 543. Yeah. 
Also, uh, difference is runs against. You're at 503, and then Tam- Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay's at 378. So wait, we've given up 503. Yeah. I'll bet you 400 of those are the fucking bullpen. <laughs> Do you see Aaron Boone's rant? Oh, with the umpire? Yeah. Yeah. We're savages, but no, Aaron. I was like, what does Aaron, that even mean? Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> you need to check yourself. The only reason you're in that position is because you hit one home run in 03. Shut the fuck up. Not shut the fuck up, but like. But like, shut the fuck up. But seriously. And I get you're defending your place. I get it. I get it. I do. I want Carter to do the exact same thing. I don't know. I also want to know, does Brett Gardner inject the steroids directly into his dome, or what's happening there? <laughs> like, seriously, his head yeah, is he them in. so big. It's a, he turns it into, like, a like a vapor, and then so he big. it in. He's got, his hat's got to be a size 9, minimum. <laughs> I would really like Ryan here to defend, defend himself. Unfortunately, he's not. Really, really want his thoughts on that. But, yeah. Brett Gardner's head. What Brett Gardner was doing with the bat. Like, Aaron's yelling. I'm like, I didn't even hear what uh, Boone said. I'm just like, like, what is Gardner doing with that bat? He's like hitting the top of the dugout, hitting the bat rack. I'm like, okay, that's like 13 good sw- good whacks at the uh, at the bat rack. What it, What was the tweet that you sent? It was like, when the uh, the up the upstairs neighbors keep playing Old Town Road, or yeah, something. <laughs> Gardner's beating on the top of the dugout. <laughs> oh shit! Well, Andrew, what are you, what are you gonna play us out on? See you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever the spider can. Spins a web, spins a prize, kiss your sleeves, just like flies. Check out the spider